welcome to the Cinemondo Podcast with Kathy, Mark, and Burke talking about movies. Horror, sci-fi, unusual, unknown, forgotten, underappreciated, always interesting. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hey, How have you been? Good. <laughs> Mark, our short filmmaker. <laughs> He's I'm, short. I'm four foot is seven. That, is that all seven. he is to you? <laughs> He's very small. I, I took my flats off and I... Mark is so much more than just a filmmaker. (laughs) He's also short. He's also short. He's short. (laughs) I'm doing well. But he's proud. I'm feeling tall. I'm walking tall. I'm very Buford Pusser today. It's those lifts in your shoes. You look at least 4'7 now. Uh, He makes us all walk in a trench when we're around him. Exactly. I'm like Alan Ladd. Today's Alan Ladd. He walks along on apple boxes. (laughs) Uh, how you, how you doing, Kathy? How's my... I'm doing good. Yeah. Everything's good. Do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about marketing? Hey, is start... that? Wanna... <laughs> Are we going right to it? You want to go right to it? Burke and his visual effects and screenwriting. <laughs> so much about. to talk about. <laughs> well, you know, we just uh, we we just kind of uh, you were just dealing with something. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, clients. work stuff. Oh, work stuff. Clients wanting stuff, not getting it, putting but, stuff in the wrong place. But oh. you know what? When I think about it, I have a really funny job. It's like right now I'm having to do an animation of some, you know, microscopic cells attacking each other and that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's the kind of thing when you see on television when... when um microscopes on a computer screen, some kind of an MRI or a electron, the tunneling electron microscope as looking at cells or molecules. I do that kind of thing too. I'll like, um, stuff that shows up on computer screens. Have you ever done stuff like you've done the whole complete effect and sent it out? And I mean, I'm sure this happens a lot and come back and say, scrap it and do it all over again. Or do you get a little note saying, I like this, but it needs to be a little of this or that. I mean, is that how it works, or do you sort of like know exactly what they want before you start working on it? Ideally, it is. I mean, I worked on a lot of shows where I where you get such a good communication with the with the producers and the writers and the directors that I feel like when you know we have the meeting or whatever, when I get the script, I look at it and I'm like, okay, I know exactly what they're going to want, and I do it, and they love it, and there's no revisions, and right. it, they put it right in front of the camera. I don't have to do anything. Smooth. But then there's other shows where, um, where they, I think, I worked on one show where the showrunner felt, I believe she felt like it was required of her to make at least a hundred changes to everything that passed her desk. You know, that that was her job was to say, no, make this blue line turquoise. You know, there was no, it will not matter. It will not matter. Nobody's going to notice that it doesn't matter. It's just, let's change it just because I feel like that's my job. I feel like if something is presented to me for approval, I'm supposed to make changes to everything on it. That sounds fun. Yeah. It's that job justification. See people out there. It's not so glamorous. You get get that too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Can you move that a quarter of an inch to the left? Why? Yeah. Why? Who's going to notice that? Is Nudge it, that it, to the left three pixels. Is it, this might be very, you know, kind of a rudimentary thing, but is it non-creative people trying to be creative or people just trying to flex their muscles or both? All of that. Yeah. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. It's people who are creative in certain realms, I guess. They're creative in, in uh, advancing themselves in the industry in certain yeah. ways. They're, they have really, they're good at making people think that they're, um, you know, their ideas are hilarious and good. And in some ways they work or they wouldn't be where they are. But 
Well, the thing is, so much of our job is just completely subjective. I mean, it really is like one opinion isn't necessarily better than the other. It's just depending on where you are in the hierarchy, who carries more weight. And I have to say that I've worked with some of the great, some of the greatest people I can imagine. I can't, you just have so much fun with these people. They get, they get it, you know, they get the material. We go through the script and, and you read it and you, and then there's a part in there. A lot of times they just leave a part in there and it's like, okay, you do what you do there at this part. And so I'll do what I do. And they just love it because we all understand each other. Yeah. And what they do, I love. And I, I love their creativity. They love mine. And we all put, put our work together and it makes a fun show, you know. And one of the greatest skills, I think, in the entertainment industry is knowing who to hire. You know, if you're going to hire a crew who you're going to micromanage and tweak everything they do and you know, draw exact, this is exactly what I want. And I want it to be like this, even though you may have better ideas. I want it to be like this. They, then you, you're thinking, well, why don't you do it? Why don't you make the graphic? You know, they can't. <laughs> so, because they can't. But the thing is, if they hired me, I mean, they know what I can do. You know, I have, they've seen my work. They know what I can do. If you hire me, the best idea is let me do what I do or else get somebody else. <laughs> That's the creative lament is yeah. that you hire the creatives to do the creative and then you question it. Right. So it's like, maybe you should just, we sound very bitter right now. <laughs> I know. I hope it doesn't sound okay. resentful or it's bitter. It's still the but coolest job in the world. It is. And I, and I shouldn't complain. And I, and I usually don't complain, but because That's I've worked true. on some really fun shows and I miss some of the shows that I've worked on that I'm not on anymore that ended and we had those rap parties where everybody's crying and hugging and and then you walk away from the show forever and that world is gone. A yeah. whole world that you help create is doesn't exist anymore. Ripped away from you. Yeah. It's erased. It's, it's gone. That's the weird part about working in the industry. It's yeah. there and then it's not. Yeah. So all those characters that, that you've that got show to know. Is, we yeah. should talk about it. Hey, let's talk about it. I think it's time for my segment. to talk about this time is American Horror Stories marketing for AHS 1984. That's the new Ryan Murphy um, horror story that's based on 84 uh, or 1980s slasher movies. Gotcha. So what they've got going for him is, first of all, Ryan Murphy being super camp. Because mm-hmm. when you look at this stuff now, it's campy. I mean, it just is. So they really go for the camp. So let's play the trailer real quick and we'll talk about it. If it feels good, go with it. Got a gig as a counselor at a summer camp. They're opening up a couple of hours from here. Gosh, it all come. Desperate for some estrogen in this crew. Sounds fun, but. My cousin told me that the dude they're looking for slashed her throat. Jesus, can we shut up for a second? The cops are gonna find him, right? It's gonna be a non-stop party, okay? Look out! You say you found him in the middle of the road? Not exactly. He was by the side of the road? Why don't we give our nurse some space? Come on, I'll show you all around camp. And this is Chef Birdie, a Camp Redwood veteran. Nothing but good memories about this place. That's awful. 
name of God is going on? One of the patients broke out. Who? Mr. Jingles. What happened to Mr. Jingles? This is the site of the worst summer massacre of all time. Rita, I totally understand the tradition. Our friend Brooke here had a for real. We're not in the mood for some ghost story. We're all gonna die. Okay, so as you can see, we have a lot of, and it actually looks retro. We have a lot of retro-looking footage of kids in a camp being chased around through the woods by a mass killer, and then they juxtapose a lot of that imagery with like really super campy '80s-looking footage, like you know aerobics classes in these pastel colors. You know, a guy in like his members-only jackets with the super, you know, you know, tipped hair. Super campy versus you know the slasher horror stuff. So it looks pretty. It looks pretty. You know, sincere. I think it, but it definitely looks like it's leaning into more of the comedic angle. Mm-hmm. I think it's not going to be super scary. I don't think, I don't think American Horror Story really is really scary. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, I couldn't I, get through it. I couldn't get into it. It just, it's, it's, it seems like a show that's calling itself horror that is about things that absolutely do not scare me. No, they're not. And it's too much usually. I saw the first season and I enjoyed it, but I had yeah. no desire to see seasons after that. First so. season was probably the best season. I, I've started, oh, no. I, I gave up on it. Well, I've actually really liked the Roanoke season because it, it kind of went meta with the true crime, you know, having the real people talking about the crime and then a reenactment of the crime. But it was very confusing because there were actors playing the real people and then actors playing the reenactments. So you weren't sure which oh. version of the story you were seeing. Oh. It was very oh. confusing. So then part of the conceit of it was it all kind of blended together, which was kind of a cool idea. Um, and Kathy Bates, you know. Mm. <laughs> but that was pretty good. I mean, I think as with all American Horror Stories, they kind of sag a little in the middle. But I digress. So what we're talking about is the marketing. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like this marketing so far, from what I can tell from the episodes I've seen of 1984, is it's pretty... Pretty accurate to what they're selling. They're not trying to sell you anything else but what their show really is. So they have a really incredible, as always, marketing campaign. FX is like the gold standard of TV marketing or any marketing, really, because they take a lot of chances with their key art and it stands out in the marketplace. They rarely ever even show actors that are on the shows. They, especially like Ryan Murphy, we never really see the actors. I think Pose shows the actor, but it's in a very stylized way. Um, but with American Horror Story, I don't think we've ever seen the actors. Maybe wasn't it like a baby last season. year or something. Yeah. Oh, there was some some sort of. Like, and then there's the beehive head and yeah, right. All kinds of weird stuff. So in this one, we have a bunch of slasher posters, which are spectacular. I mean, they're really nicely done. They have a lot of um, horror movie slasher tropes of you know, like a knife coming through a door, which. Yeah. Full disclosure, my husband actually did. <laughs> so, Is that the one with the screaming face yes, and the yeah. knife? Yeah, yes, that's Chad pretty great. That. Yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, I another one I really like was the uh, marshmallow, roasted marshmallow going into someone's eye. like just, And it's all just beautifully. They don't actually show it hitting it. You're seeing all the threat of violence. Um, you know, the, the serial killer on the dock, you know, coming after the woman laying out on the dock. Um, they're all super luscious, really illustrated looking. They're, it's all body doubles. Mm. None of these people are in the show. Um, it was shot by Frank Ockenfels, who is oh, an yeah. entertainment photographer who shoots a million. He's shot so much. I've worked with him a lot. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think someone, you can tell that somebody, there were two photographers. You could tell Ockenfels shot some of it, but not all of it. And you can tell just by how it looks. The super luscious, really well lit stuff was definitely him. And then there's some other stuff that's just a different look 
but I don't think it's him. Yeah. But again, it's all body doubles. It's no one from the show, which is really unusual in yeah. this industry to show faces of people who aren't in your show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty. And those are character cells. Now they are originally um, just like some, you know, it's like wild posting where they have, I think they have like 12 posters, which is also kind of unheard of. Wow. wow. They yeah. do a lot of that for online, you know, a lot of yeah. digital, but I've mm-hmm. seen them out in the world, like posting everywhere. Um, but the main art is the woman with the door. That's that the one yeah. I've seen. My husband. That's did, the yeah. one I've seen. And that's the one you see on like yeah. you know the streaming services. You'll see that. Right. Uh, they also did a really cool. You know, they. I just love what they do. Um, they did a really cool kind of teaser video campaign where they showed like audition tapes for all the actors in the show, mm. but they were kind of campy and funny. So you, you're sort of you're seeing the actor, but it's a character playing the actor who's playing the character. Oh, okay. So it's not okay. really Emma Roberts. Yeah. It's, the actress in the show who's being, you know, <laughs> so they have, a, so they're really cute. They have a lot of like really fun stuff. And then, um, all the audition tapes are cool. And then for some odd reason, we have Richard Ramirez. I don't know what huh. that's about. He's in the show. <laughs> they're just huh, being, that's <laughs> interesting. That's it's interesting. Darwin. Darwin does not like his disparaging Richard Ramirez. He's bad. Darwin. <laughs> he loved He's grind. very bad. He loved Grindhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Anyway, um, I really appreciate this marketing. It's actually really well done and very true to the show. So I think it's a great, successful campaign. And as always, it will probably sweep all the key art awards next year. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's my, my That's segment for the day. Excellent. I yes. liked it. I it's fascinating to, I, to hear about the entertainment industry right? from different directions like Absolutely. that. People don't really uh, spend enough time talking about it. That's right. We so, always spend so much time talking about the people who are who do the um, grip and electric on shows, and never talk about the the, the actors. I'm sick the, of hearing about the grips. Yeah, honestly, I know Those fucking they gaffers. Just get all yeah. the attention. <laughs> fucking gaffers. <laughs> fucking gaffers. <laughs> Hogging all the, the attention. That's gonna be the name of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Fuck, gaffers. <laughs> so, key, there's even a key gaffer. Like you need more. Uh, what's a key? Like, like is he the king of the gaffers? Who does he think he is? <laughs> He's the key guy, <laughs> top guy. He is the key. And the sad thing is, those guys are just exactly as important as everyone else involved in the film production. Of course, you, you know, the star all the way to the creator of the show. If you didn't have those guys that you see in the credits, and you're like, "What's a best boy? What's a key grip? What's a I'm gaffer?" I'm gonna be the best boy. It's. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it Mark, wasn't for you, those guys. <laughs> what you got in the news, Mark? Uh, can I hear my? Okay. My opening. Where's Mark? <laughs> Man, that just always gets me. That just gets Chills. you good for some entertainment news. Chills. I want to talk about the way we watch movies now. It used to be Let's you would go that. to a theater and see a movie. And on TV, you would watch TV. Yep. Now, with so many good things on TV, why do we go to the movies? There's a film, you know, we go to see the big blockbusters or, you know, movies on the big screen. But some of the, I think some of the luster is gone because you can watch so many wonderful things right from your big screen TV at home. Uh, the recent release, Joker, you know, mm-hmm. Todd Phillips' new film starring Joaquin yeah. Phoenix, you know, one best, uh, best of con, I think. And it's, it's a very divisive film, you know, right. some great reviews and some awful reviews. But the, interestingly enough, uh, the government, the U.S. government, put out a warning saying 
if be careful because there might be this instance, there might be some shootings happening at these theaters showing that film. Well, there was a shooting Which, by a guy dressed like the Joker, right? Wasn't that guy yeah, who did the theater shooting? Aurora. Oh, in, Aurora. in yeah. Colorado. So there's just this sort of this warning, and I just got me thinking about well. You know, is this fair to the movie? Is it unfair? And will people go not go to see this film because of this potential threat of violence? Uh, I, evidently, there's a lot of violence in the film. I'm guessing there is. Well, shocking. So there are a lot of films violent I know. like that. I mean, John Wick, would they put that thing? So it's just this whole idea of going to the film, uh, going to a theater. I love going to the theater. I love it. But back in the day, that was the only place you could see a movie. Yeah. You'd be excited to go see Star Wars or any film because at home it was uh, Perfect Strangers, Super Train, and right. Murder She Wrote. I mean, it was shit. You know? yeah. Oh, that's, a, yeah. that's some old ones there. Yeah. So, yeah. That's when I was before I was born. It's yeah. also um, American Horror Story right now. But. No, I, I mean, start, obviously, yeah, TV I know started true. getting better you right. know, many years yeah. ago. Well, TV's kind of happening right now. There's, there's too much to watch. Yeah. So, my, my question is, you know. What makes you go to the movies as opposed to staying home and, well, I'll wait two months. Or there's movies now. Netflix has movies that are released in a theater, and you can watch them the same day, like Eddie Murphy's new film, Dolomite. Yes. You can watch it at the theater, or you can just watch it at home. And the new Martin Scorsese movie, The Irishman. The Irishman. With, you know, huge stars. Which is getting great reviews, too. People are saying it's a masterpiece. Well, it looks old school Scorsese for me, so I'm really excited. Joe Pesci, Al Pacino... And Robert, Robert De Niro. De Niro. doesn't get any bigger than that. <laughs> Directed by Martin Scorsese. And, and it's then these a other, gangster thing. These other films that are made that were, are fairly big budget, like Will Smith had a film that came out called Bright that didn't do very well, but it was an interesting film. In the Shadow of the Moon, it just came out on Netflix with Michael C. Hall by Jim Mickle. These are interesting films with decent budgets that all of a sudden just kind of show up on TV. Uh, and which is kind of interesting versus like you know, that years ago, you would have to go to the theater mm-hmm. to see that. Right. So what keeps us going to the theater? And you're paying 17 bucks unless you want to see 3D. I just don't know what the future is. 20 years from now, will there be theaters showing first run movies or will we just watch them all from our house? Well, apparently, you know, yeah, there's a lot of publicity about movies on you know, Netflix now, but apparently they're having like huge, there's still huge blockbuster movies that yeah. are, that, that are like record breaking. So yeah. it's like, I think there's still a market for the big spectacle. I think probably the smaller films kind of get lost a little but bit. But that's, I mean, when you think of that, you think, I think of, and I think of Marvel. Yeah. I think of Star Wars. Yes. That's it. It's going to be and, idiocracy. And, 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 it's only going to be Marvel yeah. movies in the theaters from now on. Marvel, Star Wars, and then like Pixar or children's films that, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Frozen Dis- Disney sequels. or uh, The Lion King and all yeah. that stuff. But that's it. Remember when um, iTunes happened? And then you started having to decide, and you know, um, Napster. Remember yeah. you started deciding whether an album was worth buying the CD or just get it on streaming? I remember like, should I just get it on iTunes or should I buy the CD? You would make that choice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're at that moment now with movies where, is this a theater movie or is this a stay home movie? And now I'm when a movie's coming out and I'm kind of like, well, do I want to wait? Do I want to see it? Is it worth seeing in the theater? Like now the theater is almost too much effort. Yeah. I also think it, in, in thinking that way, it's like the, the, the movie that's streaming will be a lower budget effort or something smaller. But there aren't there are bigger budget movies going directly yeah. to streaming. So it's like, wow, I can see a Craig Brewer film starring Eddie Murphy, Dolomite. That's got a big cast. I thought for sure that was a release to the right. theater, but it's going to be on Netflix. See, it's in so a way, weird. I love that because I feel like I can see it right now. 
<laughs> I love the two, but I also know the yeah. feeling of seeing a movie that's like a, a, a funny movie or a scary movie in a theater would be great. You know, yeah. like, you, you can't you can't replicate that at home. But also, you don't have the guy crinkling the hard candy. Right. That's what and, turns me off to yeah. theaters is people are so rude, and I I can't stand going to theaters where people are talking on you know talking on their phones or looking at their phones. I mean, it has ruined the movie experience. And and the reality is that two tickets, two popcorns, parking. You know, it's a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's yeah. a year of Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so anyway, it's just a thought that I came to me like, you know, I always was Mr. Theater, Mr. Theater, yeah, but now too. I'm feeling like just get a big screen TV and yeah. I can watch it. Well, they're so I want. big now and they're so good. Yeah. You know, I love my big TV and the and the sound system. I have like a really killer sound system. You know, the seven point surround and all that with the giant subwoofer and a huge TV and it's you know we're comfortable we can eat whatever we want and we can watch it with our dogs yeah you can pause it if you have to go to the bathroom otherwise yeah. you're missing 5 minutes yeah. you know but the theater yeah you're really at the <laughs> you're really at the at the mercy of whoever walks in you know if a if a jackass walks in and sits in front of you and is texting through the whole film you can't control that you know and i'm yeah. i'm freaked out about that if i get my you know seat 4f mm-hmm. or whatever sit down i'm hoping yeah. nobody yeah. sits around me then somebody will. Suspense. They got the loud like, talker going to sit next to you, or the you person who me? does the the comments on the film, like, "Oh my god, yeah, yeah. so stupid." You like know, I like, went to, <laughs> all through the film. I went to oh. see Once in Time Upon a Time in Hollywood because it deserved to be seen on a big screen, and yeah. it was on film. So the only way to see this film as a film is to go see the theater. So yeah. I love that idea. Yes, and also um, in L.A. though, and. We, we have, you know, we're blessed that we can come here and they can go to repertory or, you know, theaters and see yeah. great old movies or even movies that are a couple of years old mm-hmm. that we might have missed. They're going to be playing on the, you yeah. know, big screen. But most of the country, it's the megaplex and it's going to show yeah. that stuff. So, yeah, we're very, we're very spoiled here that we have things like the New Beverly, you know, Quentin Tarantino's theater in Hollywood where yeah. you never know what's going to show up there. American Cinematheque. Yeah, at the uh, Egyptian Theater downtown uh, in Hollywood, and um, the Arrow Theater. We have so many really good repertory theaters. What I like too is um, one thing I think is happening, which I actually appreciate, is that theaters are kind of becoming more premium. Mm, They're still the kind of low budget mall theaters, right? I will not, absolutely not go. I don't (laughs) care if you give me a free ticket to Quentin Tarantino himself. I will not go see it, right? Um, But even the ArcLight, you know, where it's a little more premium, but they're even getting higher than that. Where the arc light is, you have reserved seating, you have all this thing. You can have a special plus, you know, twenty-one plus screening where you take right. alcohol in, you know. And they they just kind of elevate the movie experience, so and it's also more expensive. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who don't want to go to these expensive films go to the cheaper theaters. So you feel yeah. like you'll get people who might be a little more appreciative of the film because they're paying more money. Yeah, not always the case. Not but always. No. When I went to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and this group of people came in, and they were so noisy, and I'm like, oh god, and they're just like blah blah on their phones just talking like they're in their living room movie came on perfectly quiet yeah so okay like, oh, okay well <laughs> yeah. that worked out yeah and you know i feel like if you're going to see like a movie like that on opening weekend at the arc light you're probably gonna be kind of serious sure sure so that helps but you do have to make those distinctions deciding to see in a theater or on tv is like is it worth dealing with people in the theater for this movie or should i just deal with my dogs i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah anyway it's just um that was Very not so much a news thing but just like the way we Joker is going to spur that conversation. Yeah. So. Well, I do think the Joker is being kind of unfairly maligned as being like, you know, uh, 
incel or what, because that's something they're putting on this film. It's not really about incels. I mean, that's something right. we can say it's about, but that's like saying that all taxi driver was about was an incel. I mean, yeah, well, like, you yeah. know, you mm. can't, I mean, technically, I guess now that it's a word that we've yeah. made up about people yeah. that it is, but there's a lot of violent films. I don't know why this film is that different, except that it's the Joker and there's the Aurora. Right. And, yeah. You know, <clears throat> but other than that, I think, you know, that film is probably going to come and go and not have any shootings. I hope. Let's hope. Right. Well. Yeah, but it is breaking what. records in pre-sales, so it's not hurting it. All right. that fear. Right. So. Well, yeah, it, it looks like an interesting movie for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know. I like seeing Joaquin Phoenix coming back and being weird. Yeah, for once. <laughs> for once. He's always so normal. He's being really weird, though. I mean, he's weird. but I've never seen him not weird. I yeah. Know it's just, it's just yeah. normal. He's really good, though. I like that yeah, guy. He's, he's, he's another one of those so, people that I, mm-hmm. when you see him in a film, you're, you're really seeing a performance that's coming from another place, you know? Yeah. He's almost dancing through movies. He's, yeah. He has a weird balletic feel to his, to his acting. Yeah. yeah. And even in something as you know, normal as gladiator. <laughs> yeah. He's so good in that. He is so the, the, um, I don't know. We could go on about acting, but okay. yeah, we'll do a Joker episode. Yeah. Yes, we will. All right. Anyway. So Burke, you have something for us today. I do. All right. Let's hear your song. Okay, I'm going to talk about an old movie that's like um, I don't know. I don't I don't like to think of movies as being like uh, good for you. You know, like when somebody says, "Eat your broccoli; it's good for you. It's vegetable," and you go, "Oh, okay." I don't I don't think I like that because you feel like there's certain movies that are black and white, foreign, old, classic films that you're supposed to see. Some of them are actually quite good, and I think. Unfortunately, the vegetable aspect of certain films <laughs> turns people off. Like, you're, you know, you have to eat your vegetables. Do you yeah. have a broccoli movie for us? I have a broccoli movie, <laughs> but it's actually, it's actually such a piece of cheesecake. It's really good. <laughs> cheesecake broccoli. It's a, it's a movie that's included in a lot of film school, film study, um, academic reviews of film, classic films. And I think a lot of people get really sort of turned off by these by these movies, but this one is so good that if you haven't seen it, you should see a movie called Bicycle Thieves or The Bicycle Thief, depending oh, on the translation. That's a fancy one. And honors it black and white. Isn't it also a foreign film? It's a, it's a, it's an Italian film. Oh my God. This is like asparagus. It's 1948. Yes. And there's no special effects in it. Hmm. There's no guns. Nobody gets killed. It's a slice of life, and that turns people off. But it's, and the premise is a guy's bicycle gets stolen. I love this movie. And it is the most brilliant film. It's so beautiful. It's beautifully shot. Vittorio De Sica yes. made this film, and he was, he was a really great Italian filmmaker. His, um, his movies tended to be sort of that slice of life thing where he would just sort of show you what life was like. In Italy in the 40s, you know, and, and in the streets, not necessarily anything fancy. And that's what I love about this movie. It's just, it's like the theory that I've always had about documentaries. If you go out into a busy street and pick a person at random and get a very good documentary filmmaker like like Joe Berlinger or Kirby Dick or someone, 
and you make a documentary about that random person's life, it's going to be fascinating, heartbreaking, exhilarating, suspenseful. You know, everybody's life has something in it. And I think DeSica knew that about people and loved that about people. So he, his films zeroed in on the average person, especially this one, where it's just a working class guy who's having a hard time finding a job, and he gets a job as what they call a paper hanger, where he was a guy that would go out and glue posters up to public walls. And he has a little, he has a young son and a wife, and they're struggling and um, running out of money. And they, the wife even sells their bed sheets because it's like the newest thing they have, and she sells the bed sheets so that he can get his bicycle out of the um, pawn shop because he needs a bike for this job. He, he, he went to a job interview thing with a bunch of guys, and they said, who here has a bike? And he said, uh, I do. And so he got it on the, on the basis of owning a bicycle, but then he had to get the bike out of the pawn shop, so they had to sell their sheets, you know? Oh, my God. So he gets his bike, and he goes out, and he starts his job, and he's got this, this little boy who just idolizes him, who's like the cutest little kid yeah. ever in a film yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a little man he's like this little streetwise adult child but um the story basically is the heartbreak of of a small tragedy in a to us it seems like a small tragedy this guy's bicycle is stolen so he is gonna lose his job and what the hell is he gonna do you know he, so he's desperate to get his bike back. So the whole movie is about him trying to get his bike back, going through finding clues and trying to figure out who took it and who witnessed and all this kind of stuff. And meanwhile, his little boy is running along beside him, you know, trying to help. And just this adorable little kid. And, you know, they, they go through hardship after hardship and disappointment after disappointment. There's <laughs> a great sense of what Italy was like post-World War II. Yeah. The vibe of it is like you're watching. It's really happening. I mean, it was, it was shot on the streets. A yeah. lot of non-actors, all non-actors, oh. and in fact, the two main actors, the man and his little boy, were not actors at the time. They, uh, DeSica liked to um, cast people who were real people that he found. He mm-hmm. would find these people and, I guess, make sure that they could take direction and act because the performances of these two actors in the film are incredible. The the guy that. Um, the main character's name is Antonio Ricci, and uh, he's played by Lamberto Maggiorani, and he was a he worked in a factory. Wow, really? Uh, I thought he was a real because it was it's such a such a uh, heartbreaking performance. Yeah, yeah. but he, he worked in a factory, and the the sad thing is, after the film came out, and it was a very popular film, he tried to get his you know went back to his job at the factory. And he got his job back, but then they, the company started scaling down, and they decided to fire him because the, the, they had this idea that he had made a whole lot of money being a movie star, oh. and he was known as the movie star. So he did some other little films here and there, but nothing nearly as, as major as this. But then he, um, he ended up becoming a bricklayer, and you know he lived a relatively long life, died when he was 73, 1983. That's pretty good. But the little boy did a couple more movies. The big, the only other big thing that he did was he played a busboy in The Barefoot Contessa with Humphrey Bogart and Ava Gardner. That's cool. But he became a math teacher. Oh, wow. Mm. That's interesting. Oh. But this movie is so heartbreaking and such a, a beautiful little detailed, nuanced look at life yeah. during that during that time. 
And um, I guess it was part of like the Italian neo realism yeah, movement. Absolutely. absolutely. So that was wanted, exactly. They, they wanted know. to go really gritty and real. Like, how real can you get a movie to get? That's good. Yeah. Non actors depicting and, a small little story. And basically a non story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even. Uh, um, I mean, you know, spoilers on a 300-year-old movie. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't get his bike back at the end and the last shot Spoiler. in it is beautiful. It's a beautiful final shot where you know, after he does something really desperate and feels embarrassed in front of his son for what he felt like he was forced to do, he and his little boy just walk away. They walk into mm-hmm. the sunset, you know, yeah. and 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 other people join them and they just get lost in this crowd and you realize that final image means they're just one of millions right these stories are all throughout the world yeah Yeah. city for sure but i totally recommend this movie even though it's even though it's considered to be sort of a you know Broccoli movie. A broccoli movie. <laughs> I love broccoli. Yeah. I love with broccoli. a lot of cheese on it. I know. <laughs> this one Stouffer's. has no cheese. It's cheeseless broccoli movie. It's not the Stouffer's broccoli with florets with cheese. <laughs> and we're gonna uh, we're gonna say goodbye. We did our segment. <laughs> we're out. Yeah. We're doing a multi-segment episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I think we said entirely enough. <laughs> so be sure and follow us on our social media. It's a Facebook slash Cinemondo Podcast. It's Instagram slash Cinemondo Podcast. It's CinemondoPodcast.com. Twitter, Cinemondo pod, pod. Well <laughs> done, pod, pod. You're getting great at that. Could you say Cinemondo that again, please? <laughs> and Patreon slash Cinemondo Podcast. Thank, thank you for doing that, Kathy. Woo! Okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> everyone's like, we get it. Slash podcast. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Okay. Walking out the doors. Bye. Cinemondo signing off. See ya.